You are listening to the Julie Parker Practice Success Podcast, where you discover management insights and strategies for your successful dental practice. There are also interviews with key people in the industry who have advice and services to help you and your team achieve great success. Welcome to this episode of the Julie Parker Practice Success Podcast. And what we're talking about today is delegation. Delegation is a really important skill to develop and roll out within your dental practice. It has a number of benefits for both you, your team, and the dental practice business itself. So let's start talking about delegation. So what are the benefits of delegation? Well, number one, it promotes efficiency when many people are helping each other get all the tasks done during the day. It makes sure that everything gets done in a more efficient way and everyone is supporting each other beautifully in that process. So efficiency is the first benefit for effective delegation. The second benefit is that it will reduce your workload down. Depending on what role you have within the practice, it seems like every role is manically busy all the time. And so whatever you can do to help manage your workload to be more achievable every day is a good thing. Another benefit is it really develops the skills of all of your team members. As you know, I am a big supporter of constant and never-ending improvement in the dental surgery. For us personally as individuals to be on this journey of constant and never-ending improvement, if you get a whole team together with that same culture, then the whole team are showing signs of constant and never-ending improvement. And as a result of that, your practice will also be moving through its own constant and never-ending improvement journey. So when we start to develop the skills in all the team members around us to be able to do more things and master more things, that makes for a great team. Delegation enables team collaboration as well. How to work well with one another. So it promotes effective communication and effective support as well. Delegation also exhibits trust amongst team members. They trust one another to roll out tasks and delegated duties in as best way as they can. And that trust amongst one another is a very important characteristic to nurture and foster amongst your team members. So with all of these wonderful benefits to delegation, why don't we delegate? Why is it sometimes something that we avoid? Well, number one reason, we think it's going to take longer to explain the task than actually complete it ourselves. Hands up if you feel this way. There's going to be a number of these reasons why we don't delegate that are going to resonate with you and you're going to know that it's part of who you are. But you think of, oh my God, I haven't got the time to explain all the intricacies of doing this task. It's just going to be quicker if I get it done myself. Another reason that we avoid delegation is sometimes people would like to feel indispensable to their team by being the keeper of specific knowledge. We wouldn't be able to get this thing done if it wasn't for this person. Each one of us have an internal desire to be relevant, and this feeling of relevance can drive some of our behaviours, even though those behaviours can sometimes be a bit unhelpful. So the feeling of wanting to feel indispensable to the practice can be a reason why some people avoid delegation. Another reason? Enjoy completing certain projects, so prefer not to reassign them. 
I just enjoy doing this thing, such as social media advertising. If you're a creative type that understands social media and you have got the social media posting and advertising as one of your tasks, you may see that somebody else can also do that and get adequate results, but you're not inclined to do it just because you enjoy doing it. Another reason why you can avoid delegation is that you feel guilty about adding more work onto other team members' to-do list. And I think this is a reason why a lot of people don't delegate. They feel like they're burdening your other team members. Lack of confidence or trust in whom they need to transfer the task. I just don't have faith in that other person that they will be able to perform well with this task no matter how well I delegate it. That can be a reason why we avoid delegation. Also. We believe that we're the only ones that can do the job right. (laughs) Now, remember, by doing the job right, the job right is what the picture that we've got in our head of what success looks like. Now, that's just one version of success. Other people have their own version of success. It will look different to us. But because it looks different to our picture, we feel like we're the only ones doing it right. And so one of the challenges that we have uh, in the delegation process is recognizing that other people can get different results but also successful results. So if you want your practice, yourself, your team to experience the benefits of effective delegation, how are you going to effectively delegate? Number one, do go back through the reasons we don't delegate and challenge yourself in each of those areas. Is that me? And start to really have a look at all the opportunities to delegate tasks and start delegating. And here are some tips on how to effectively delegate. Number one, know what to delegate. So there are some tasks that you can delegate and some tasks that are not ideal for you to delegate. For example, if you're the practice owner or a practice manager, you're not going to delegate to the dental assistant the responsibility of performing the performance reviews on all the staff members. They won't have the time, they don't have the experience backing them, and it will put an unfair burden on this person to do it when they're trying to get their other role done. And so there are some tasks that are not ideal to delegate out, yet there are going to be other daily operational tasks that you do that you can delegate out. So have a think, be mindful about your day, what you're getting done every day. And as you know, I'm a huge fan of using online calendars. And if you're a practice manager or practice owner, I really do encourage you to use an online calendar and receptionist as well. Because that can start to make you recognize what does fill my day. And you can reflect over your previous couple of weeks and think, what areas can I actually delegate out to others? So the first step is making sure that you're delegating an appropriate task or responsibility onto somebody else. The second tip for effective delegation is to play to your team's strengths and goals. An example of that would be if you're doing the social media advertising and somebody is on your team who is younger, more tapped into the TikToks, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the everything, and they are more savvy with how all those things work, then delegate that task to that team member. They've obviously got a strength in that space. In terms of how you can identify things to delegate in terms of your team member's goals, imagine that you've got a dental assistant who does aspire one day to be a receptionist. All of the tasks that the receptionist is doing 
have them look through what they do every day and start to delegate some things out to the dental assistant. And so next time that dental assistant, maybe there's been a, a gap up here in their book, maybe they're going to be jumping onto reception to cover the receptionist while the receptionist is on holidays for a, a few days or away sick for the day. Maybe you've got a floating nurse that can actually jump into the surgery and relieve that dental assistant for, for a period of time where she can actually start being trained into some reception responsibilities and tasks. It will provide her with a greater sense of satisfaction and enjoyment in her day because she's enjoying learning about a role that she's really keen on doing one day. So do consider what are the strengths and the goals of your team members? If you don't know what their goals are, simply just ask them. Are you happy in your role? Do you aspire to do anything else within your work here at the practice? And you can start to uncover what's going on for them in terms of goals. But really have a consideration for each of the team members that surround you. What are their strengths? What are their goals? And therefore, what tasks could I actively start to delegate to them? The third tip is define the desired outcome. This is a huge step. <laughs> this is trying to get the image of success that appears to you in your brain over to them. How can you possibly do that? So you really want to make sure that whenever you delegate something, you're telling them exactly what success looks like to you. And I've got a bit of a story that can really help highlight what, the, what I mean by this. Now, let's just pretend that I've delegated to you, go bake me a pie. No worries. Julie, I'll go off and bake you a pie. And you come back and you give me an apple pie very proudly. And I say, oh, no, 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 no. I wanted a savoury meat pie. Go off and buy it, bake me a savoury meat pie. Oh, okay. Well, he couldn't have told me that before. So you run off and you bake me a savoury meat pie and you present it proudly to me. And I say, oh, that's too big. It's a family size. It's only for my lunch. I just want a small, single serving of a savoury meat pie. Crocky, you're getting a bit frustrated now. You could have told me all of this at the start. So you go off and you come back and you present me with this beautiful single serve savory pie, all encrusted with lovely pastry. No, no, no. I wanted like a shepherd's pie, you know, with the mashed potato on top. Oh, God, why don't you make the damn pie yourself? <laughs> it's frustrating for everybody. What would I have needed to do in that specific situation? to get the result of what I had in my head of what success looked like. What I would have had to do, and it would have been wildly effective, and it would absolutely have guaranteed me that result that I had in my head was, here is a picture of the pie that I would like you to bake me. Here is a list of the ingredients you need to purchase in order to bake me that pie. And here is the method, the recipe on step-by-step -step how to bake this pie. If I had been that clear in defining what I needed, what I wanted, what I desired, then you would have been able to bake me that pie. However, we all have different ranges of skills. So if you were a world-class chef, if I was to give you all of that information, it would have been too much information and unnecessary. You're a world-class chef. You know how to bake a shepherd's pie. So with you, all I would have had to have asked of you is delivered a picture of the shepherd's pie and said, bake me this. And you would have come back with a beautiful shepherd's pie. And so it's up to us as the delegator of a task or responsibility to understand 
what skills does this person already possess in achieving this goal? To bring it back into the context of a dental practice, if I said to the dental assistant, you want to be a practice manager one day, I'm going to teach you how to track the key performance indicators for the practice. I'm going to have to tell you step by step exactly, I'm going to have to give you the recipe and the ingredients. This is what you use, you use Excel. This is where you get all the data from. I'm going to have to show you the picture. This is what it eventually looks like. I'm going to have to show you all of that information. However, if I'm delegating that task to a practice manager who's been a practice manager at previous practices that she's worked at for years and years and years and is well-versed in key performance indicators and how to track them, all I'd need to do is say, this is what the end picture looks like. This is how we display our KPIs here, how it go off and get it done. So it's up to us to recognise the skill set of the person that we're delegating the skill to, the task to, and cater how much information we give. Do they just need the picture of the pie or do they need the ingredients and the recipe as well? The fourth tip on successful delegation is to provide the right resources and level of authority. Now, the right resources are, if I was to get a dental assistant out from the surgery, pop the floater in there so she can start doing some reception duties, and the thing that I'm going to be teaching her how to do are the TLC phone calls, the phone calls to patients who have had oral surgery the day before, a very large filling the day before, a toothache the day before, or they're a new patient the day before. It's up to you to phone all of these patients as a follow-up. To give them the right resources, first of all, I have to role play with her what she's going to say, give her a bit of a script, a few hints on what to say during those phone calls. I also need to provide her with a telephone, access to a telephone and the computer as well, the software, so she can make relevant notes and do some research on each of these patients before making that initial phone call. So I need to make sure that they've got all the right resources. The second thing I need to do on this point is provide them the level of authority that they are required to have. And what I mean by authority is that you are tasked with this responsibility now and the whole team will be aware of it. Whole team, when you see Sally leave the dental surgery and the floater go in and Sally secretes herself away in the office, she's making TLC phone calls because that's something that I've, I've delegated to her for the day or permanently. And so when you see Sally do that, that's what she's doing. She's not slacking off. We're not disrupting the operations of the day just for Sally. She is being delegated a specific task, and so we are providing her with the authority to do that. The fifth tip is to establish a clear communication channel. Once you have given the picture of the pie, the ingredients, the method, the recipe on what to do, once you've provided the resources, the level of authority of what that task involves, also, make sure that person knows they can come back to you for support, answer questions, help them overcome any barriers to getting that thing done successfully. So make sure that you let them know, I'm here for you. The minute you've got a question, you come straight to me. I'm right here for you. So keep a clear communication channel open. Tip number six is allow for failure. One of the ways that we learn anything new and become masters of anything new is through making mistakes and failing. In fact, if you consider 
what it's like if you were going to start to learn how to ride a unicycle. (laughs) How many times are you going to fall off? Plenty. How do you learn how to stay on the unicycle by falling off and adjusting how you ride the unicycle? And what happens all the way up to you riding on that unicycle? The whole journey up until you can ride that unicycle, you are failing. (laughs) Right up to the point of success, you're failing. Right up to the point of mastery, you're failing. So allow for failure. Allow for mistakes. That's how we learn how to do something new. Point number seven is be patient. In order for people to recognize how to do a new thing well, how to be efficient with it, productive with it, how to achieve that level of success, what that level of success looks like, the way they do it, that all takes practice and repetition. It's through practice and repetition that we truly get the whys of why we're doing things and and all the things that influence the result that we're getting. And so be patient. Allow people to achieve success in the time that it takes to achieve success. Tip number eight is deliver and ask for feedback. And so once they've completed the thing, go in and have a look at the result that they've achieved and deliver the feedback around it if it's perfectly fantastic so it's perfectly fantastic if it could be done to a high degree of success then let them know gently how that can be achieved and then once you've gone through that process then ask for feedback how did you we go with this delegation process from your perspective could i have been clearer about what result i wanted could i have delivered better support better resources was there something that we could have done to create a better environment for you to create success in that task so both deliver feedback and also ask for it as well so you can evolve as a person who delegates in that in that space and you can get better and better and better and master the art of delegation yourself and number nine tip number nine is give credit where credit is due when someone has been delegated something new and they have achieved any kind of success with it do a song and dance about it make sure they're feeling that sense of cheerleading and reward from you and also the other team members as well if that team member and the others who are witnessing it sees that level of achievement and success and in essence the celebration of getting something new done well then everyone's going to be on board with being delegated future tasks and responsibilities as well and it won't be something that's daunting or a burden it'll be something that's enjoyable because everyone wants to have that celebration at the end and that acknowledgement and validation at the end so I hope I have helped put a bit of structure and value behind the skill of delegation and I hope you can see how it can benefit you wildly but can also be of tremendous benefit to individual team members and the business as a whole. If you have any questions, always contact me anytime. Otherwise, happy delegation and I'll see you next time. Bye. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, you should join the club. The club members receive an online lunch and learn twice a month where I share insights, systems and strategies to improve the success of your practice. These lunch and learns could not be easier to train your dental team. They are recordings, so you can watch them at a time that suits you. For example, during team lunch times, 
pay your team members for their lunch hour. The first half hour, they're eating and watching the presentation. The second half hour, they're discussing how to implement this particular insight into your dental practice operations. And remember my favorite quote, it's by Archilochus, and he states, we do not rise to the level of our expectations, but fall to the level of our training. So join the club now and start upskilling your team members and improving the operations of your dental practice. I hope to see you there.